Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And away we go. Welcome to the program, friends. This is beginning to, to, to be a habit, and it's a very nice habit. Uh, not only joining you every, uh, every week, but also announcing a new affiliate to the program. Uh, always pleased to do that. Please send more. Today we welcome WIMO 1300 AM Atlanta, Georgia. Well, salute. WIMO 1300. Welcome aboard. And keep them coming, folks. Keep them coming. I believe, including our wonderful flagship here at uh, the new AM740 Zoomer Radio, that brings our total to five stations. Now, spreading the news, spreading the truth, or our version of it anyway. Uh, of course, we wrapped up the Olympics uh, tonight. A favorite moment uh, for me was uh, Ray Davies, front man of the, uh, the Kinks, singing one of the most emotional, heartfelt uh, versions of Waterloo Sunset I've heard in uh, in many years. Just wonderful. And, of course, uh, The Who and uh, the great grand finale, uh, a great way to to, uh, to finish the Olympics as uh, they celebrate the best, I suppose, of what humankind is supposed to be uh, all about. And uh, we'll see you four years down the road in Rio. See you in Rio. Sounds like a road picture with, with uh, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, doesn't it? <laughs> Anyway, celebrating the best, yes. Well, we're, tonight we're going to look at, uh, I guess, the darkest uh, aspects of, of um, the humankind, and we're going to probe around inside the human mind. And, um, well, obviously, going from the high of the Olympics to the the, uh, the travails and the upcoming trial of accused Colorado shooter James Holmes is on the menu tonight. And uh, as I um, been been mentioning throughout the week on the uh, the promo that's been running here at the station, now that we've had a little time to step back and particularly time to to grieve the uh, the victims, twelve uh, in all, and the injured, uh, it's time to step back and start asking some serious questions. And there are numerous questions around this James Egan Holmes. Whenever they start attaching three names to a shooter. Uh, you start to ask questions. Mark David Chapman, uh, it, it, you know, the list goes on and on. But, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about whether or not James Holmes, you're all thinking this, whether or not he's a Manchurian candidate. You've seen him sitting in the courthouse in Arapahoe County with that glazed look on his face. He looks absolutely stunned. And if, if you'll forgive me, uh, there's also a very gentle look to this fellow. He does not look like a crazed killer. He certainly looks dazed and confused and out of it. But he doesn't strike me as being a madman. Is it possible he's a programmed assassin? We're going to discuss, and we'll invite you to join the program in just a little while. First, let me introduce our esteemed panel. First of all, uh, joining us on the line... He holds multiple degrees from Harvard University and Dartmouth College, amongst others. He's had the most expensive American education money can buy. He's an investigator, author, and um, we're going to find out the, the status of a, um, a film that he's been working on entitled The Enemy Within, Psychic Warfare. And, of course, he is the author of Project Soul Catcher, Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare Revealed. A great pleasure to welcome back to the program Robert Duncan. Robert, how are you? 
Good. It's uh, good to hear from you again. Good to have you aboard, Robert. Let me also introduce uh, to, in studio a media scientist, a JFK assassination researcher, broadcaster, a playwright, Nelson Thal. Hey, Nelson. Good being here, Richard, once again. Thank you. All right. And uh, sitting across the table as uh, as delightful as ever is uh, Ms. Jane Steele, playwright, researcher, writer, James Joyce scholar. And uh, welcome to you, Ms. Steele. It's a pleasure to be back. First, a question to you, Robert. Um, as someone who has studied mind control techniques, cybernetic warfare, what were your first impressions when you first saw James Egan Holmes sitting in a courtroom? Well, it was obvious to me he was disassociated. And then as we got uh, more news, he had split personalities. And, uh, you know, immediately uh, red flags go up for me. Um, and, it's, you know, what bothers me is I, I've tried to get hold of many uh, <clears throat> potential Manchurian candidates and interview them. But once they're in prison, you have no access. So I can't put them under hypnosis. I can't do what I do to figure out if they were programmed or not. Um, so it's a little frustrating uh, for me. I've interviewed over 650 people uh, in the last 10 years that say they're under government mind control. Many of them say they're in the Manchurian candidate. I deprogrammed three. I went to the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee, met with 26 senators, with the head of the L.A. FBI, uh, and one of them was programmed to kill Hillary Clinton when she was president. And, you know, I deprogrammed the person. Uh, and I'll, I'll go into detail a little bit later of how the programming works and the different techniques and methods, but uh, she wouldn't meet with our group, ironically. So, yeah, I'm very suspicious. I've written in my book, you should expect um, a, a, you know, far more random shooters. I call them psycho bombs. If they have specific targets, they're called programmed assassins, uh, mentoring candidates, uh, mind control patsies. They go by a lot of different names. And, um, you know, I look for them and I said there would be more of them. And in fact, I even said in the book, uh, that the reason will be government you know, has to use terror, has to use fear to control the people, and uh, they want to take away gun rights for Americans. Robert Duncan uh, on the line. Let me uh, get Nelson uh, Thal into the uh, the fray here. Nelson, for those, uh, uh, maybe they've heard the term, but they don't really understand uh, what it means. What is a Manchurian candidate? Well, of course, it's a programmed assassin. It comes from Richard Condon's book, The Manchurian Candidate. And, Richard, it's interesting to note when we discuss these things that there was a law created by Condon called Condon's Law. And he said that when you don't know the whole truth, your worst fears are bound to be close. So I'd like to ask Dr. Duncan, what are his worst fears about what we've been seeing here with this um, massacre? I, my worst, well, this is what my research has shown, and I worked with a consortium of scientists on this research project for uh, about, you know, eight years or a decade, and it looks, you know, the, the closest um, uh, estimate that I can reach is about there are 10,000 Manchurian candidates in the works 
that can be used at any time around the world. And the CIA, there were laws passed, the CIA can't assassinate other leaders of other countries. And so they can get around the law by using indirection. They're called uh, handles uh, or handlers. And so this is, you know, my fear is that there is a secret army that's not accountable to anybody that can be used at any time uh, to control politics, uh, remove democracy as we know it, uh, cause havoc. Um, it, it just, it, it's really, it's quite scary. Let me, uh, let me work, uh, Ms. Steele into the, um, in the proceedings here. The interesting background, uh, of this uh, James Egan Holmes, uh, was studying neuroscience. What do you make of that? Is that significant? Well, I think that would have a lot to do with the psychological warfare programs that they have, and perhaps he was involved in that. Um, they have another uh, assassin, the Sikh temple assassin, his name was Michael Wade. Wade. Um, Page, yeah. That's right, Page. Now, he was also in the psychological program with the army. So I, I believe that these assassins are indoctrinated in these programs with handlers. Okay, so Robert, let's pick up on that point. Neuroscience, he was studying neuroscience. His, his, um, his mother was a psychiatric nurse, I believe, and his father was involved with with a, um, uh, somehow they were involved in DARPA, yeah, right? Yeah, neuroscience research. And who was that guy, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, that went on a killing spree? He was a psychologist at our, an Army uh, Research Lab. This was a while back. But it's interesting yeah. to note, yeah, the connection between he was uh, a these research projects. Uh, and... You know, maybe I'm going too far, but the Nazis used to kill off uh, all their scientists after the project was done. And I've worked for several DARPA projects, and it's creepy to me that I, I wrote the Artificial Intelligence Code, tracked the Soviet nuclear submarine fleet, and there were eight of us, and now there are only three. Weird accidents, all plausible deniability. You know, it's. What do you think about that? Uh, Go ahead, Nelson. Yeah, many uh, last year we had a report and started detailing the psychiatrists that were programming the sleepers. As you say, there was a death list that we started, and that not uh-huh. just we started, but that we picked up on. And they were. It seemed like they were now trying to get rid of the psychiatrists that were programming these sleepers. Yeah. Well, this um, he uh, he was um, a research assistant intern at the Salk Institute at the University of California at San Diego. Uh, Holmes was, and this Salk Institute apparently teamed up with DARPA, um, and they were working on something called the Peak Soldier Performance Program. What do we know about that? What what were they doing? Do we know? Ooh, I do not know, but I worked on the Soldier Two Thousand project um, that was to wire soldiers up to basically create cyborgs with, uh, you know, common technologies, monitor their heart rates, their vital functions, uh, give feedback, uh, visual feedback uh, within a heads-up display. So I'm, I'm not sure what his project was, but, 
But obviously, something top secret, so we had to pass all the tests to get that clearance. Maybe we'd just uh, update the audience for us on, is, is it the, the purpose of developing these uh, type of assassins is so that um, should they be caught or killed or just caught, that uh, their brains and their mission and the people behind them, it can be wiped from their memory using the chips implanted in their brain or the post-hypnotic suggestions? Both. Uh, the modern-day technology does not require implants, although those work very well. But uh, from MKUltra, uh, the CIA's top-secret program and human uh, behavior modification, these were many of their goals, uh, and that's to create split personality spies so they could pass information without even knowing it, and they could commit murder and not know that they just did it and pass the polygraph test. So they're the perfect spies. So uh, a lot of these projects, uh, they're called super spies. All right, we'll take a time out. Um, uh, hang on, Robert, stay where you are. Ms. Steele, Nelson Thal, likewise. We're discussing whether or not James Holmes is a Manchurian candidate. The Aurora, Colorado Theater shooter or accused in the uh, the murder of 12 individuals wounding 58 others was he a programmed assassin and if so why back with more of the conspiracy show don't go away mental health professionals so much of the aurora shooting suspect's profile doesn't seem to fit the destruction he unleashed in that theater and abc's brian ross now has the latest on james holmes you want the truth you can handle the truth the conspiracy show with richard Serrett. welcome back uh, apparently abc doesn't have the latest on james holmes but we do right here on the conspiracy show joining us on the line is uh, robert duncan the author of project soul catcher secrets of cyber and cybernetic warfare revealed volume two in studio media scientist assassination researcher nelson thal and uh, playwright researcher ms jane Steele. now um it's interesting the 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 profile that we're being given of this character by the, the mainstream media. Uh, a number of um, media outlets have described him as uh, being uh, uncommunicative, stubborn, socially inept. And then we have, uh, after he uh, uh, applied to the, uh, the University of Illinois um, in his resume, um, he received some recommendation letters. And he, it said that he takes an active role in his education, brings a great amount of intellectual and emotional maturity into the classroom. Uh, this was one uh, letter he received, um, saying that he, he works well with others. Uh, he's a very effective group leader on assignments. Does that someone? Does that sound like someone who's uncommunicative and stubborn? No, quite the opposite. Um, now, this this report isn't coming from the mainstream media. This is coming from uh, uh, people who have. I guess it's delved into a little deeper into James Holmes' background, but it's interesting, uh, Robert Nelson and Ms. Jane Steele, that now the the judge in this case are are basically telling all the labs and all the the, the schools uh, that that James either worked for or or uh, attended to stifle, to be quiet, not say anything. What what is that all about, Robert Duncan? I actually think one of the other guests can answer that better, but my. This is part of plausible deniability, and we all know the mass media 
uh, is run by, you know, four different companies and that the DOD has a lot of say, uh, in what's allowed to be said on, you know, media, just like, you know, Chinese government or the Russian governments. We're, we're in an information bubble and so, the, uh, this is a patsy. Well, they have to, uh, paint a picture of him as just being a lone psychopath and, uh, story over. And that's what, uh, usually the general public wants to hear. They don't want to delve into it or think there's, uh, more to this story because it makes them scared. Ms. Steele, what, what do you make of, uh, the, the way he's being portrayed in the media, uh, as opposed to, uh, well, who, who he actually is. I mean, you really have to, to do some digging to find out, you know, what, what this James Holmes character is all about and where he attended and, and, and what he studied and so forth. Well, I think if you look at the before and after James Holmes, you know, there are pictures of him. He looks totally different. Um, it almost looks and appears that it's not the same person. He has different eyes, different nose. So the question is, who is the real James Holmes, I suppose? Um, and... Could he be, um, you know, I mean, he's a Manchurian candidate for sure, but who is he? Which one is he? Uh, could he be a clone? Could he be a synthetic automaton? Could he be a robotoid? And those were created about 40 years ago by the Russians and the Americans um, with implanted chips. Robotoids. Robotoids. What are ro- robotoids? Yes. Well, it's not, it doesn't have a soul. It's almost like an animal, but it looks like a human with implanted RNA, DNA holograms. Do they even have to do that, though? Do they have to create a clone if they can essentially uh, implant, uh, you know, their own, if they can brainwash someone? Do they need to create a robotoid? Robert, are you familiar with the robotoid? No, I'm not familiar with that term. you, what they're probably doing is experimenting with many different technologies. Um, and a particular technology that I study is uh, called EEG cloning. And uh, you know, most people don't believe this exists, but that's the state of the art. It's electroencephalograph, meaning reading brain waves and also cloning other people's brain waves. So you can actually do this with microwaves. Um, uh, to create any sort of emotion. So, uh, Wade, for example, uh, you could in- increase, uh, one colonel said, we can create red hot anger in the subject using a particular radio frequency. Um, so you can control people's emotions, you can make them, you know, fall in love, uh, like the shooter of Reagan, Hinckley. Um, the whole bunch of games, the psychological games that can be played with the target um, to make them, you know, uh, do their evil deeds. And, yeah, he seems way too disassociated. And, you know, the, the psychiatrists are going to come up with the same answer because that's you got to remember psychiatrists are programmed. You know, this is textbook. I follow the symptoms. And so they're not looking for programmed assassins. So they're not going to find it. Um, yeah, how, yeah. How, how, how are they doing it these days? I mean, we, we, we've, we've learned about, uh, how the, the CIA, uh, uh, borrowed heavily from, from the Nazis for their MK Ultra program and, and, and used mass trauma. 
uh, and uh, uh, um, um, sexual ritual abuse and so forth in order to bring on a disassociation or a disassociative disorder. How do they do it now in 2012? So they're, they're still using all the, uh, same Nazi brainwashing techniques. It's just gone wireless. So, um, it, it's, it's, it, they added some head games into it, which if your listeners are interested, they can read about. In my book, um, but they're still using a lot of the same techniques. But here, if you can, if you can change people's emotions, I mean, over populations or the individual, you can make them do, uh, you know, you, almost anything. You can alter their behavior, and they can still split personalities, and it takes time. Um, but even while you're sleeping, you can be programmed with subliminals. Um, so they they use a, a, a technique called voice of God weapons. So often these targets, not the target we're talking about, at least we don't have that information, uh, John Holmes, but they can, uh, uh, using a microwave hearing effect, um, basically send the voice of God, kill on my command, or I'll uh, lay down your weapons. Or, you know, whatever it might be. Or they can use voice transformation, use a relative's voice, and make them believe that, you know, they're uh, telepathically synced to another relative that's giving them uh, good advice. Um, so, yeah, in this particular case, it's it's unclear unless we have access to them. And that's what uh, frustrates me. I... I was at the same dorm in Harvard as a Unabomber, not at the same time, the same dorm. And I tried to get hold of him to see if he was a programmed assassin, Manchurian candidate. I, the jails, the prisons would not allow me my letters to get through, could never get hold of them. Um, so it's hard to study these people once they commit their acts of violence to see if they are actually a Manchurian candidate or not. Now, uh, Dr. Duncan, when you talk about your book specifically, are you talking about the Project Soul Catcher, the la- is that volume two, your latest? Yes. And uh, you talk about in that book about the secrets of cybernetic warfare. Um, tell us, who's winning the cyber warfare right now in your judgment? <laughs> The, Soviet, uh, uh, the Russians, the French, um, yeah, the, well, the Chinese. Who, who would be re- winning the war? If, is it possible to tell where the it, where it yeah, is right so, now? Yeah, it's a it's a new Cold War, um, and all the military literature, if you read it, says neuroscience is the big game changer for warfare now. Um, and in terms of who's winning, well, certainly not. The human race. <laughs> They're taking all, um, and you have to look at the superpower. Right now, the uh, United States is the only superpower, but, uh, you know, China and Russia are obviously, uh, heavily involved, uh, in it as well. And it's always been the, the goal of any country to create the perfect soldier, the perfect warrior, give them more power, keep them awake without sleep, Add intelligence, you know, new senses. Um, so cybernetics about adding senses to the human perception. And, uh, 
there's a lot of you know it's 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 here in about 15 20 years and the rest of the population will wake up so so if the mo- if the motive here is to uh, is to create enough uh, violence that uh, that you try the end result is to f- try and force Americans to give up their weapons uh, what's what sort of um, strategy and tactics can we sort of forecast we're going to see in the future in the not too distant future yeah and here, here's uh, something else that the CIA studies is how to create hatred or anger at specific you know, social groups or racial groups. Um, and um, if you can do that, well, what's the, what's the strategy? Uh, you can make the Taliban fight the al-Qaeda, and it's a war of attrition, or you can make... China get angry with you know some other country, and that way you don't have to fight your own wars. It's like when we were doing the Cold War with Russia, we supplied Iraq, and, and the Russians supplied Iran, and they sort of fought our wars for us. So you'll see a lot more of that. Robert, why do you suppose uh, if Holmes is a programmed assassin, why would his handlers or his programmers allow him to live? Why not? Make it nice, neat, and tidy, and have the shooter essentially, uh, well, killed as they as they often are. The Virginia Tech shooter, etc. Why was he allowed to live? Doesn't make sense. I think, yeah, I I think it, everything's imperfect. So I said there were about ten thousand people around the world being programmed right now. Only a small percentage actually are successful Manchurians. And I think it was a mistake. They assumed the cops would kill him or he would kill himself. Because remember, he booby-trapped his house. He had no intention of going back home and hiding or anything like that. Uh, so I think it was just an accident. It's interesting because it's quite a contrast, obviously, between uh, uh, James Holmes, quite a learned, uh, young, a learned young man, a Ph.D. candidate in neuroscience, and then we have uh, uh, Wade Michael Page. Um, you know, there's been obviously pictures all over the Internet of him uh, involved in these white supremacist groups and, and, and so forth. Um, what, what's the difference here? I mean, is do you also see this Wisconsin shooter, uh, uh, the, uh, the the alleged perpetrator of this massacre in, in at the Sikh temple, to be also a, a programmed assassin? Well, you, you know, it's just it's probability, and 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 that's the great thing about programmed assassins: perfect plausible deniability. Um, and I I told you how they've been uh, working on how to create hate. Well, it was in a hate group, all right. And um, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a possibility uh, that he was another experiment in creating fear amongst Americans. Um, but, uh, you know, without he's dead now, so we can't really test them, find out <laughs> uh, what was done to him. No, I mean, and it's, pro- it's just as probable that he was everything we've been led to believe, that he was just a hateful, ignorant uh, a, a human being. I mean, obviously, not all of these massacres are perpetrated by programmed assassins. Wouldn't you agree, Nelson? Or, or do you think that, mo- that most of them are? Well, I think in this situation, there's all the 
trappings of uh, the fact that this guy didn't have the ability to put together the operation that the authorities are claiming that he did with the uh, the number of people killed, etc. And if you go back to Columbine and the others, there's always this same pattern. In Columbine, the two kids were shot in the back. Uh, how did that happen? Um, there's and how did the, there's no way this one man could have pulled this off. He didn't have the finances to do it. He didn't have the wherewithal to do it. He didn't have the ability to booby trap his apartment that way. And the first pictures that we've been shown, the two pictures, they showed us two different men and told us it was the same guy. Are we talking about James Holmes now, or yeah, are we talking Holmes. about, uh, about Wade Michael Page? Okay, yeah, Holmes. So uh, uh, in both cases, I think that these are programmed assassins, and I think that there's there's good reason to show that the behind the scenes there's a hidden agenda to put these guys out there and create violence. All right, let's uh, step away for a moment, do some business, come back, and we'll discuss accused Colorado shooter James Holmes, a programmed assassin. Get on board. The phone line's available to you now until the top of the hour. Robert Duncan on the line, the uh, author of Project Soul Catcher, Volume 2, Ms. Jane Steele and Nelson Tholen Studio. Back with more in a moment. He's a guy that has so left reality that he now is in this this make-believe world that he's part of the Batman world. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Interesting how the the major media outlets are are, uh, trying to portray uh, James Holmes, again, as a a crazed, isolated uh, sociopath. And yet, if you look at his his life and his career path and his his um, his post secondary education uh, uh, path, it's quite the opposite. Up until about four months ago, and that's when everything just appeared to go south. Just, I mean, this guy just completely snapped. Up until that point, well, here uh, we have him applying to the University of Illinois, and uh, included in that application were a number of letters of recommendation, in which he was said to have intellectual and emotional maturity and uh, this is a PhD candidate very thoughtful intelligent young man worked with uh, with underprivileged children at a, at a summer camp at one point um, uh, was a great mentor and now we're told all of a sudden he's some Batman, you know, uh, he's some living in some fantasy world. It, 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 the, the two just don't mesh. Now, it could, could they do this in, in in four months, Robert? Does it happen that quickly? I mean, that. Uh, that sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, is actually when it's most effective, um, because if the programming goes on too long, let's say it goes to a year, the target eventually figures out they're being manipulated. And then it's less effective. And that was part of the reason I wrote the book is, is to hopefully stop, uh, you know, many of the more of these incidences. But the, the people that they choose 
have to isolate themselves. It usually occurs in the first four months when they don't realize, you know, that this technology exists, uh, that they can be reprogrammed and, and their mind can literally be taken over. I mean, this is the new generation of warfare, uh, with perfect plausible deniability. Um, and, and so, uh, yes is the answer that it, you, the targets that they choose to do these violent events will happen very quickly. His, his parents, his father, again, a mathematician, worked at a, a firm that was closely involved with DARPA, his mother, a psychiatric nurse. Uh, are these things often done with the complicity of the parents? No. Uh, uh, although they believe that's the case, uh, that's, that's part of what's induced uh, and so the the target will isolate themselves from their family, from their friends, and then you know it's a, it's a better cover story uh, that they're a lone psycho. So no, the, it, it generally is not true that the family is uh, behind it. But with Wade, uh, you mentioned Wade, and he he was uh, he he was trained in psychological operations. Um, we should just well. remind we remind listeners we're talking about uh, 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 Michael Wade Page, the the uh, the uh, the shooter in the the Sikh Temple massacre in Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, continue. Sorry. Oh yeah, and um, so it's interesting that it seems like there are so many shooters related to psychological operations or psychology, psychiatry in some form or another, or in John Holmes' uh um neuroscience um you know i i don't know if there's a coincidence there uh but uh the unabomber targeted several artificial intelligence programmers at uh you know MIT and some other uh institutes and so in terms of program assassins it's almost like they're trying to get rid of anybody who knows their secrets how they control human beings. Let's go to the phones and begin with Moose Jaw and uh, welcome Paul to the Conspiracy Show. Good evening, Paul. Good evening. Hi there. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. Uh, uh, I've heard you mention MK Ultra a few times in the past. And uh, in the 1990s, I heard a lecture by a gentleman named Bill Schneblin, who actually claimed that the CIA was taking children out of Canadian orphanages to use for their experiments on mind control. And eventually the Canadian government found out and threatened to expose it if they didn't stop it. And I was wondering if any of the people you have uh, on the phones had heard similar stories, or is this just one of these... Uh, pie-in-the-sky things. That's Just uh, hold on, hold on, Paul. We'll get to that uh, answer. Robert uh, um, and uh, Ms. Steele, Nelson, Thal can weigh in on that when we come back. Uh, well, uh, we certainly know that the CIA, uh, along with the Canadian government, was complicit with uh, some experimentation uh, in, involving mind control at Allen Memorial Hospital and McGill University back in the 1950s. So who knows? But we'll find out when we come back. The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind. 
on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Wade Page, James Holmes. We had the uh, the shooter at uh, Fort Hood um, a while back. Uh, are they programmed assassins, Manchurian candidates? Robert Duncan on the line, the author of Project Soul Catcher, Volume 2, Nelson Thal, media scientist, and Ms. Jane Steele, researcher in studio. Uh, Nelson, let me ask you, what do you, how do you think this trial is going to play out? Well, like the others, I think that he'll plead guilty and therefore he'll be... Uh put away and uh, no one will get near him and again remember will the real Holmes please stand up Uh, they've been so blatant they've showed us two pictures of Holmes and they're trying to make the people believe that it's the same guy it's two different men there's the original Holmes that was trained etc and has probably gone into the witness protection program now and on the other hand there is the uh, the one who they brought into court the the uh, who's probably just uh, his mind's been wiped and uh, he knows nothing he and he had nothing to do with it. All right, and uh, Robert Duncan, what do you think is going to happen in this trial? Well, well no, I, I sort of agree with uh, Nelson. Mm-hmm. Just said, uh, you, you know, they, they, that's the way the media plays everything, and so whether it is the same guy or not, uh, they've done something to them. To, to this man. And so if he were Patsy, uh, we won't know. They've wiped his mind. What do you think is going through his mind, if anything, at this point? I mean, we, let's assume that this is James uh, Egan Holmes sitting in this courtroom. It, what is he, what's going through his mind? Is he, is he still being controlled and, and, or is he just out there on his own trying to figure out and piece together what the heck happened to me the last four months? Where have I been? I, 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 they could have given them uh, drugs. It's typical with the uh, mind control project. Keep them in a disassociated state. Use hypnosis on them. Um, so he's he's probably just sitting there outside his body, like what what is going on? You know, completely disassociated in every way, and has no idea what he's done or where he's going. And we and we will never get contact with them again. Well, this is the same with Mark David Chapman, right? He suddenly, uh, six months later, decides to plead guilty because a voice told him to. All of a sudden, yeah. there's no trial, there's no investigation. So you're saying that the same thing is going to happen here, Nelson, right? Yeah, yeah. that's my prediction. Now, do some of these um, candidates, these Manchurian candidates, come out of the amnesia because, of course, they've been programmed, they have amnesia now, they're disassociated, usually they kill them, or as you said, that they put them in jail. Do they ever come out of this state? Good question, Miss Steele. Robert, do they come out of this state occasionally? Uh, I, I, I have had uh, only three successful reprogrammings of Manchurian candidates, but this was before they were activated and were triggered. Um, and you can't. There is a way to get them out of it, but it requires a lot of work. Um, and uh, if they're in jail now, that's just going to disassociate them more. Um, so I, I would say no, they won't come back out of it. What about Sirhan Sirhan? Here's a guy who's who seems now uh, to recognize, uh, if you believe in that, uh, in in this particular theory that he was a Manchurian candidate. He seems to have sort of come to and, and said, "No, listen, I <laughs> I didn't do it. I have no memory of doing it." 
uh, I mean, that might be an instance where someone has actually uh, come out of this disassociative state 40 yeah, years later, which, mind you, but... Yeah, isn't, isn't that sad? I mean, imagine you're one of these victims, basically, used as a patsy, and you do come out of it, and you have no recollection, but you're being punished for something that... Your mind did not do. It was someone else's mind behind the crime. Uh, that, that's just sad. That's a total nightmare scenario. I mean, who's who? Yeah. Who are who's targeted? Um, I mean, could I be walking down the street? Someone basically pulls over, throws me in a trunk, drugs me, uh, takes me to some lab, and starts brainwashing me. I mean, who do they target? So that's old school. Okay, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Uh, no, you'd be targeted in the privacy of your own home now. And they, they generally target people that, uh, okay, you know, whistleblowers are a good you know, proportion of uh, the, the targets out there. But let's assume you've, you've said nothing wrong uh, against the government. You're not a protester, peace activist, or anything like that. Um, they still need random sample sets uh, uh, on the world's population to see if the technology works and to make sure there's no pattern. Um, and so, yeah, you could be targeted randomly, for sure. Richard, I, I, I don't think it's coincidental that um, uh, the Bourne legacy is opening up at the theaters today. Excellent point, and, yeah. And, and it's all about a plan is put into motion by a top-secret government program to wipe out all the genetically modified killers it created. One such operative must flee in order to save his life. Now, why would they release a movie like that? Are they, Hollywood is trying to tell us the truth. Is that the idea? Well, they've all, not Hollywood per se, but there's always been, as you and I have talked about for the last 20 or more years, the parallax views, the enemy of the state. There's been movies here and there that are real art forms, meaning they update consciousness and it's the real news. How do they get past the gatekeepers? Because um, it's just Hollywood. You go to a movie, you sit in the dark, and uh, people, uh, the ruling elite, just um, don't find that as threatening because it's a movie. It's not a written book or by anybody who can go in. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. You're you're totally right. Matt Damon was one of my friends uh, in college. And, you know, so I love his his movies. And uh, he just opened up here where I'm living and, had the opening and it's like those kind of movies they tell the truth but as long as people don't believe it it's fictional then uh it's not a threat but they're trying to get people used to the this idea minds can be controlled uh and so the future generation will be uh quite accepting of these newer technologies and that this is what our government does and they won't think anything of it. There won't be a revolution. Are they using the uh, television sets to mind control the uh, masses? Yeah, subliminals are in everything. They're broadcasting it over the world. And you can uh, entrain entire populations. So the Russians and the U.S. were in a secret, uh, what they called psychotronic war in the 1970s, beaming each other microwaves of certain frequencies to placate the population so they didn't want to go to war. And the Russians uh, looked like they thought we were the aggressors, so we uh, microwaved them the same signal over their population. But, yeah, the subliminals are over the television, they're in movies, uh, you can put them in power lines, uh, Gwen, 
anywhere because the brain is an electrochemical magnetic system. So you can use chemicals, put it in the water supply or airplanes. Cell phone towers. Right around cell phone towers, anywhere. And they can anywhere. read the minds. Is that not correct? As reported by Colonel Bearden? Yeah. In his book, Oblivion? Most people won't believe that, but it is true. Uh, technology exists. Yeah. Let's go to the phones and uh, say hello to John in the Buckeye State. John, welcome. Uh, good to have Ohio aboard the program. Yeah, Richard. Great show tonight. Thank you. Hey, uh, I, was, uh, I was just going to make a comment, but then I kind of thought of a question while I was sitting on hold there. Um, I believe, you know, the Manchurian candidates, I think this could be, you know, it's, it's definitely possible and true. And... Um, I was like uh, all the move, like the gentleman there on your panel just stole my thunder. They're talking about the, you know, the, how they did it in the films and everything. And um, there was, a, I believe, a film years ago called uh, Telethon, I think, where people would just kind of be. Uh, I think it was from the 70s, where people would just kind of be in their everyday mode, and they'd either hear a sound or or a word or something, and it would, uh, you know, put them into their, you know, do their to go blow up something or kill or whatever. Some sort of triggering mechanism, like in the Manchurian Candidate, why not pass the time with a little solitaire? Yes, but I was, I was the question. My question was, um, do you think, you know, either you and your panel, do you, um, do you think that um, it's sort of like these films, like however far back they've been since the Manchurian Candidate was what in the sixties or, or yes, or, yes, nineteen sixty. Okay, I think that maybe. Um, it's sort of like a conditioning process, sort of like the similar, like a parallel to the UFO, uh, you know, like how they've been showing films about UFOs for years and aliens. Do you think it's sort of like on a parallel, uh, you know? Trying to condition it. Uh, us yeah, to a this. parallel conditioning process. Do you think the two, yeah. If I can weigh in, I think, I, I think there's an argument could be made that by fictionalizing something like this, it takes it out of the realm, uh, for most people, out of the realm of possibility. Because now, all, all you have to do is bring it up in a subject or in a conversation, uh, you know, about the possibility that these people are programmed assassins, and someone said, oh, come on, they just made a movie about that. It's Hollywood. So by fictionalizing it, uh, in essence, you're able to then hide it in plain view. That, I don't know uh, what the rest of the panel thinks. That's just my thought. Robert? I agree completely. <laughs> I agree okay. completely. All right. Virginia's in Hamilton. Uh, Virginia, welcome to the program. Good evening. Um, this is incredibly fascinating. I remember about 50 years ago, and I'm going to go back a long time, watching a black and white film, which was called, and all of the people that know old silver films, My Son John. If you can, if you can get into that and find out the, the context of that, it was exactly what you were talking about. And that's 50 years ago, uh, wherein the family, uh, had a very brilliant young man who went to university and he was, without his knowledge, actually conscripted into exactly the kind of scenario we are speaking about. In the end, of course, he met his demise violently, like what we're speaking about, these poor chaps that have gone through, um, these, dreadful situations and they've, they've been killed and killed themselves whatever but the final note of that film was uh, a voiceover which said watch out they are looking for you you are brilliant you are clever then you are a suspect 
Interesting. And I'll never forget that. As long as I live, I thought, my God, what does that mean? And you are talking about the very same thing today, which I pondered over years ago, 50 years ago. If you can get that black and white film. My son, John, we'll look into that, Virginia. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. And uh, uh, thank you, Ms. Steele and Nelson Thal here in studio. Uh, Robert, what is the... The status of, um, uh, at some point, there was some talk that you were going to be producing a film called The Enemy Within Psychic Warfare. Uh, yeah, yeah this, this script's uh, been finalized. Uh, started doing a little shooting on it. Uh, ran out of funding. Uh, so it's in stasis right now. I, yeah, I can imagine getting a movie like that made would be very difficult. And also the, the, the book, uh, Hacking the Human Mind, is that now available? Uh, it, it's actually changed its title, and no, it's being edited. Should come out in better month. Excellent. Before you go, Doctor Duncan, what can we do? Get some aluminum caps. People listening, what can they do to protect themselves from this? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, they can't afford it. Superconducting shielding. It's a quantum mechanical effect, uh, and you basically imprison yourself. Uh, there are some jammers out there. If you think you're being targeted by these technologies, um, passive shielding, uh, and uh, it's it's very complicated. In my next book, a lot of the technologies will be explained in detailed science. That's an interesting point. I mean, we we don't have much time here, but I just want to pursue that just in the in the one or two minutes that remain. I mean, the, you have you have the the ten thousand you say uh, Manchurian candidates out there, but then you have I'm guessing uh, maybe ten times that that are just being electronically harassed and surveilled and driven to madness. Is that correct? Yeah, there are, there are many projects going on because this is the greatest weapon system most evil devised by humankind. And so uh, only the, the ones that are so obvious do they come forward and I can get in contact with them and do interviews and some research with them. But yeah, I, I imagine there are plenty more. You know, we all may be uh, subjected to uh, these influences in one way or another. So it may, the, the numbers may be large, but it's grayscale. How much are you being influenced? All right, Robert, always a pleasure. We, uh, we won't leave it so long. Next time we'll have you back on the program. Let us know when uh, Hacking the Human Mind is available, and uh, we'll bring you back on the program. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank Robert, you. Robert Duncan, Ms. Steele, Nelson Thal. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Good night. Check out the website for upcoming shows. That's Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T dot com.